We're going to go to the second epistle of Paul to Timothy. The second epistle of Paul to Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter 2, please. Beginning to read at verse 1. Second Timothy 2 and verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And remembering, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus, pardon me, Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Let us pray. Father, take your own word. And for the short time allotted now, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts, speak into lives, as you see and deem it fit to do, and glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name and for his glory we ask it. Amen. I just want to speak a, a short message this morning on the good soldier. The good soldier. And the thing is, when Paul is writing to Timothy, Timothy's a young man here, maybe 22 to 25 years of age. And when he's writing to him, he realizes that Timothy isn't made of the same stuff that he's made of. We're all different, aren't we? And Timothy's makeup, as we would call it, is different than Paul's. And so he writes to him to be a good soldier Really what he's doing is trying to give him a, 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 what we would call a bit of a, a backbone for the faith in Christ. And he says to him in our reading, verse 3, 
Thou therefore, notice, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In other words, what he is saying is, Timothy, following the Lord Jesus isn't easy. And in fact, in this day, the early church, the the first century church, you find that many of them were persecuted and they were used as uh, cat meat. Basically, they were used as uh, fodder in in certain games. They they were used as as torches. They were uh, doused with tar and emollient oil and tied it uh, uh, to stake posts and to light up Nero's palace, burnt alive. Can you imagine the day that Timothy is living in? And is it any wonder if he hasn't got that grit in him, that determination in him, that strength in him that he should have? Is it any wonder that Paul is writing to him and saying, come on, Timothy, you're going to have to endure hardness. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, And we all know this verse. All all of us could probably know it off by heart. And it's in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And it's in in verse 6 and then verse 7 as you'll know it. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. Notice that thou stir up the gift of God. Paul is saying to him, Timothy, there's something has been placed in you of God. And you need to stir it up. Stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So Paul, he went and laid hands on Timothy and he imparted this gift to Timothy through prayer. And he's bringing his remembrance. I want you to bring it to your remembrance, he said, and remember what I done when I laid my hands on you, the gift that God imparted. Come on, dig deep, he's saying. He's not saying, Timothy, you know, you're just a weakling. He's not really saying that. He's saying, Timothy, you're different than me and I am than you. Uh, There was something special about Paul that, you know, Barnabas really wasn't too fussy on walking with him. And John Mark, Paul didn't really think he was up to much either. Uh, John Mark, in fact, Later in life, Paul had to say, bring Mark with you. He's profitable for the ministry. Because in earlier years, basically, Paul just said, I'll put it in modern day terms, he's no good. Because this is a battle. This is a war. You need to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. And in this day and age where Paul is writing to Timothy, he's saying to him, remember that gift. Do you remember the, in verse 5 the, the prayers of your grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice or Eunice? He says, do you remember all of those prayers that went before you? Do you remember me laying hands on you? Do you remember the gift that God has placed within you? What he's saying is, Timothy, soldiers of Jesus Christ, are not people who are flimsy. Soldiers of Jesus Christ are not Christians who are fickle. I know people think that the Christian is a weakling, that the Christian is so pacified 
that they can do and say and treat them however they will because, well, they're a Christian. I always thought that Christians, men I'm speaking of, were just simple, uh, I'll just put it the way I thought of them. I, I thought that they were Nancy boys. Just do-gooders and good living and they were mommy's boys. And I have to say, I was a mommy's boy myself. Loved her and she loved me. And I used to think this, that they were soft. I used to think that Christians were so soft that, you know, they, they could take and you could do to them anything that you wanted and they must accept it, lie down and roll over. Brothers and sisters, this morning, really a Christian is a man and a woman in whom Christ lives. A Christian is a man and a woman who are supposed to be a soldier. A soldier. And you will get hardness. You will get things that are tough in life. And it's that, I'm not talking about New Ageism, inner peace stuff. I'm talking about the living Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit. The living God in us. That we are to have a spiritual backbone. That we are to stand up and stand strong and be tall and be counted for the things of God. A good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Paul uses the word good on purpose. For the word good is the word kalos. And it means winsome, beautiful, attractive. And the thing is, how can you be this toughness as a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and yet you're supposed to be all of those things too? Well, listen. And the Lord Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He uses the exact same words. I am the kalos winsome and attractive shepherd. And that's why we fall in love with him. But he attracts us. He attracts us to himself. And he shows us that Christ was a man's man. Christ was a man's man. He was strong. He was steadfast. He was faithful. Christ was a man's man, and he had a real backbone. took courage to go to Calvary. It took courage to stand before Pontius Pilate. It took courage to stand before the high priest in Israel. Many of us would never have succeeded it. In fact, In this day and age, it's now getting to the point we're not exactly there yet in, well, in the West anyhow, but we're getting to the point where our courage for Christ, our tenacity to press on in Christ, our backbone, spiritual black backbone for Christ, will be tested further because the things of Christ are being stripped from society, from the minds and the hearts of men and women. And you and I this morning must be prepared to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ.
a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Paul writes to Timothy about his grandmother and his mother's uh, prayers and faith. And he writes about the gift that he receives with the putting on of Paul's hands and the imparting of the gift of the Holy Spirit. But then he says in verse 7, and he sends this to Timothy, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice, he has not given us the spirit of fear. If you have a spirit of fear, that's not of God. Now, we all have a natural fear. You know, if there was a fire, the fear says, it's fear, a fight or flight, you're going to go into flight. Get away from it. There's a a healthy fear and there's an unhealthy fear. A, a, A healthy fear tells me when I come up to a busy road to look for the traffic, to make sure both ways, even as I'm crossing, that nothing comes. Lest I get hit by a car or a bus or a truck or whatever, and are seriously injured or killed. That's a healthy fear built into us. But an unhealthy fear is when we go to cross the road and the fear says, never cross that road. And you can't because that's an unhealthy fear. An unhealthy fear will tell you, you're never, ever going to get better. An unhealthy fear will tell you, things will never improve for you in your life. But as a Christian, we must always keep our eyes on Christ and say, Lord, even though this unhealthy fear is coming against me, yet this morning we must say, Lord, my faith is in you, for that fear is not of God. That fear is not of your heavenly Father. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. It also means that God hasn't given you the spirit of of timidity, of timidity. God doesn't make the Christian timid. Again, the world, I thought it before I was saved, the world thinks that we're supposed to be soft, weak, soft-soaped, you know, timid little creatures. A Christian is to be a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There are times when people would say, you know, Lord, I'm going to give up because I didn't get what I want. Because you didn't answer my prayer the way I thought. Lord, I'm going to give up because I'm a bit afraid. Lord, I'm going to give up because someone said something to me that's hurt my feelings. Brothers and sisters, when we do that, we are just being like the world. The world is all about you're hurting my feelings. Brothers and sisters, our feelings will be hurt all the time. But when we realize that a dead man and a dead woman cannot feel anything, that we are alive in Christ. When we are dead to ourselves and we are alive in Christ, then that hurt, that hurt, that annoyance, it dies. We all get annoyed, but we put it under, as it were, and away from us because we want to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, we're not going to lie down. We're not going to hide. We're not putting the duvet over our heads this morning. We're here and we are to be a good soldier. Brother, sister, we are to be a good soldier 
of Jesus Christ. There are many armies around the world, many of them as we know. Every country has an army and some are against the other. Brothers and sisters, here's the thing. The armies around the world, they fight one with another. But when you and I are saved, we're in the same army. We are in the same army. No matter who you are, your background, no matter where you came from, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are together fighting the same cause, and you and I are fighting against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we are to stand together, we are to be in uniform, in unity together, and we are to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Notice here, Paul says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're fearing, and it's a reasonable, unreasonable, irrational fear, it's a, if it's an unhealthy fear, then it is not of God. And the days that Paul and Timothy were in, well, we're heading to days like that, where tyrants will tell us how to worship, when to worship, where to worship, and they will try and put it on us as the time gets closer to the coming of Christ. But brothers and sisters, we will stand and we will worship as God demands and commands us to do so. I just heard there yesterday, I heard there yesterday, from friends in the United States that already they're starting to put a bit of pressure on for people to start wearing their masks and to start locking up and down again, to start to uh, do social distancing again. Uh, I'm told uh, uh, friends in America that more and more it's coming on the television there. And brothers and sisters, that is not off God. They will close down the church again if the church doesn't stand up to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. So notice this. If you're afraid, if you're afraid, and it's not the fear of God, if it's the fear of man, then that is not of God. Timothy's timidity. Timothy's timidity meant that Paul had to reassure him. Paul had to come along and say, Timothy, I'm going to have my head taken off here soon. It's my time's up. The button is being passed to you. You're going to have to be strong and be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul says here, if you notice, In 2 Timothy 2, endure hardness. It also means endure afflictions. Or Timothy, endure the troubles that will come to you. Dig deep. Keep trusting. And the good soldier, the chaos, that winsome, attractive, beautiful soldier... It's not that they're all so handsome looking. I'm sure there are many are, but they're not so handsome looking. 
It gives the idea that the world will see something that's in you. And while others will hate you, God in his electing purpose will draw others alongside you. It's the idea of this. Notice here, Paul says, verse 4, No man warreth and entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. When God puts his hand on you, brothers and sisters, he doesn't do it in a way of vanity, emptiness. He does it that you would be a vessel of honor, that you would be in his plan and purpose, no matter our age, no matter whether we're male or female or young or old, no matter where you came from, whatever religious background you came from, when God puts his hand on you as his chosen soldier, as it were, he places you in the right so-called spiritual regiment. He puts his hand on you and he places you in a place where he can use you in this time where spiritual warfare is needed. You may be, uh, you may have the heart of passion to be, I think like our, our brother Trevor here and others, and Shirley over there and different ones, how they would be uh, against the, the abortion and they, they stand out a lot about this. And they take their stand against this in different places. God has put something in them to do that. Think of those down there uh, with the children, teaching them God has put that in their hearts. He's placed his hand on them that there's, there, there's a spiritual warfare goes on when the children gather. You may say, but there's just a little simple uh, church, children's church meeting. In that sense, it looks like it. But do you think the devil wants all those children saved and in the kingdom? Of course he doesn't. And so the leaders and the teachers, they need prayer, they need backup, they need you to come alongside and pray for them and for the children. For the youth, we could say it for the youth. We could say it again for every ministry, for the golden years, we, and those who run a leg of, of hell and, and alongside others. We could keep going with Ian with the youth and Allison, and we could go on and on and on. Sharns is not here this morning, and the little ones, I don't want to miss any ministry out, but God has placed you as a soldier. A good soldier he wants you to be. When we worship, musicians come. This is where God has chosen you to be. This is the part of the regiment, if you want, or part of his army, spiritual army, that we would all work together in unison to fight this, the forces of darkness in spirit and in truth. When he brings Pastor Glenn up here, or even Andrew here to, to do all the things behind the scenes and even to open up, already the enemy hates it. He detests it. And whenever you're gathering together unto him, he'll do everything to keep you away, to keep you sitting at home. Because you're being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Where God has placed us here in a tent, 
in a field. A mile outside the nearest is a small town or village. Guildford is a small town or village, Ian. Small town. Stretching it to a small town anyway. <laughs> I think you're stretching it. Anyway, the city of Guildford. <laughs> and yet people come. Because it's God has his hand on you. Come from near and far. Because it's God has placed his hand on you. God has drawn you to place you that we would be together. Because God is doing something with this assembly. God is doing it. And others, but I'm speaking about ours. I'm being a little parochial this morning. God has brought you from all manners and walks of life. And we're all found in Christ this morning. We're in the army, as it were, of the Lord. We're good soldiers and we endeavor to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And we're functioning together as the army would function together. But there's training to be had. There's sacrifice to be had. And I'm talking here, and there's those who are ex-service men and women. I'd probably say they needed, they were doing this and they were doing that. And you can rightly say to me this morning, you have no idea. Because they had to live it. They had to be there. They lived it. It wasn't just something they came and done on a Sunday, as we would say, or done one or two days a week. They had to live it. They had to be marked out for it, trained for it. And brothers and sisters, to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, it takes dedication, it takes faithfulness. And it's not we're just meeting together. We should be ready to meet with the Lord and to do battle in the heavenlies, to pull down the strongholds of the enemy that's bringing in suicides in Guildford and the surrounding area young and old are committing suicide on a regular basis, that we would be pulling down the the strongholds of the enemy over your life, over your family, over your home, over where you live, everywhere where you go. We should be gathering together to glorify him, asking the Lord that he would rend the heavens and that he would come down as he did in the past. Brothers and sisters, it's not just church. We're not just playing games. We're not just meeting together. It's not for the sake of singing songs and preaching a little word and we all go home. It's about doing battle as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. It's about living the life. It's about, as it were, donning the uniform. It's about going out together and supporting one another, having one another's back. Brothers and sisters, Paul says, come on, Timothy. He's encouraging him, but it's an admonition. There's a a little bit of a kick up the posterior if you want. Hurry up, Timothy. Come on. Be a good soldier, Timothy. Therefore, endure hardness. And then he says, as a good soldier, of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself. You know, do you know where your war starts first? I was going to take you through some scriptures. Time is gone, and I don't want to overrun this. It's a short word this morning. Do you know where the war starts first? In the mornings, every morning, as soon as you open your eyes. As soon as you look in the bathroom mirror, 
You know, you're half asleep and you stagger into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you don't know who that is. You don't recognize them. You have one eye maybe around here somewhere, one eye over here. You're trying to get yourself together and when you get your teeth in, you look like yourself. That's your enemy. It's the biggest enemy you have. It's your flesh. And so you're in a battle all day, the spirit against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. All day, every day. And suddenly the enemy comes and starts to ply you with things. Temptation. The eye gate and the ear gate. What you see, what you hear, how you speak starts to motivate you into your heart. Your heart starts to go as your eyes and ears see and hear. Your heart starts to move your legs and your feet in that sort of direction. Every morning as soon as we wake up, there's a battle starting. And sometimes when you're laying in bed, Every night in your thoughts. I don't know how many times I woke up last night. Rolled about and rolled around. I listened to about four sermons during the night. Different preachers. Couldn't get just, got to sleep and woke up again. Got to sleep and woke up again. And at the end of it I went, I'll just get up. Mind going, war going on. After the laboring in the field for the mission. After you've been out on the streets and doing the leaflets or posters or whatever you were doing. Even something like that. After you were faithful to come to the town hall. After you were singing the hymns and the songs of Zion. After maybe you were, if you're a musician, playing the music the music or the soloist singing the songs, after that and the preaching of the word and the leading of the meeting, after even the shaking of the hand and the welcoming in deacons, after all of that, the enemy is seething. He's seething. Because souls got saved. Because souls were saved. Because Christ rescued them, brought them from darkness into his marvelous light. And the enemy is seething. Some people start to, oh, why am I getting it rough? Used to be sometimes when a baptismal service happened afterwards. I used to sit and wait on some phone calls, some people that had a great evening, such a blessing being baptized in the water, and they come out, such a blessing, and within a day or two, they were under spiritual attack. Just like Christ was when he was baptized of John the Baptist in the River Jordan and come up out, the Spirit drives him into the wilderness, and the devil tempted him in the wilderness. Christ kept strong, even in the weakness of his flesh. When we were in Whitewell, we used, Alice and I used to teach the children on a Saturday afternoon. There was about 120 children, all wee ones, 
And we used to sing a wee song. And part of it went, and now the devil's mad. And they repeated, now the devil's mad. And I'm so glad that the devil's mad. And they repeated it, because he lost the soul that he thought he had. It's the same even this morning. And you go in your own mind and you think, somebody already has thought, oh no, the devil's going to attack me. Oh no, the devil's going to, oh no, I'm going to come under a severe attack. Oh no, this is all going to come on me and this is going to attack. And fear starts to come. That's not of God. That's not of God. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Would you put that wee, that wee verse up for me, please, Ellie? For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's in first, pardon me, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. No, that's not it. That's First Timothy, maybe, is it? No, you Second Timothy. Uh, that's it there. Yes, that's it. Brothers and sisters, can we say this together? We say it out loud together. Realize it together. Because we're, we're closing this here, and I want you to leave not, not with this. You're, we're going to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. Because as the devil is mad, and, and, and the thing is, the, the devil is raging. The this, this spiritual wickedness in high places will be seething. Seething at it. But our God is still on the throne. And we're all saved and still under the blood. Let's say this together, shall we? For God hath not the spirit of fear, but of and of, and of a, let's do it one more time and let's say it really loud. For God, but of, and of, and of a sound mind. See the word power there. The word power is the word dunamis. Dynamite. God hasn't given us a, a spirit of fear or, or a, t- a timid mind where it can be attacked and torn down, where it can be mishandled, where it can be used and it can be abused, whether that be in our own mind, whether that be through our own flesh, or whether that be in spiritual wickedness in high places, whether that be through someone else. And it all comes at us. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, the spirit of the old enemy. It's not of God. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of dunamis. That's where dynamite comes from. He's given me a mind like dynamite. He's given me a spirit of dynamite. He's given it to you this morning as well. You have it. You need to hold on to it. You need to believe it. You need to receive it this morning. This is not of God. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so afraid because of this report or doctor's report or somebody said, listen, I've had somebody trolling me for the last fortnight and they're just, 
and I don't want to say any more, but I've had them trolling me for the last fortnight. And it's been all morning, noon, and night just flying at me. And to be honest, they're just talking nonsense anyway. But at the same time, it starts to get you like this. It's in your mind. And I have to think, no, Lord, I'm going to renew my mind, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to allow this to do what what they're saying. and I'm not going to allow it to, to overtake me and consume me. For you have not given me this. You have not put this into my mind. Listen, do you know before this meeting started this morning, there's a man walked in here right up the pulpit and got into my face. Do you know that? Right here this morning, before you all, all came in, right into my face to there. And he walked out the door. Because I wouldn't let him up. I, I hardly know this man. Because I wouldn't let him up onto the pulpit to talk to you this morning. He just walked in. They told him he can just walk out. You can't allow these things. You can't allow these things to dominate you. If you allow these things to dominate you, do you know what will happen? You'll become lower. The enemy will become higher. If it dominates you, everything will make you feel down and low and depressed with it. And I know things are real. I know the burden is heavy at times, but if you allow it, listen, it will pull you down. God's not given you the spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And Paul says to Timothy, listen, Timothy, I know it's dangerous days. And I know that I'm going to go to the chopping block. And I know my head's going to be taken off my my shoulders. They're going to cut my head off. I know it, Timothy. But he says, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. My life is at an end. Now, Timothy, it's up to you. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself for the affairs of this life. And that's what happens. We get entangled. This is my last point. So they used to, Paul, uh, sorry, Peter speaks about um, gird up the loins of your mind. He talks in his letter about girding up the loins of your mind. And so they used to wear the long robes and if they were going to walk or far or run, they used to do this and get all their robes up and gather them up and either hold them over their arm so they're here. Some of them wrapped them around and turned it into looking like a big, sort of big nappy sort of a thing. And they had them here and they were able to run with them. And that was girding up your loins. They were able to put them over their arm and they were able, they didn't flop around their legs and they didn't trip them up, you see. If they had to run, they'd be around their legs, they'd be tripping and falling all the time. Peter says, listen, Christian, gird up the loins of your mind. Take all of those things, wrap them up, he says, because they're going to trip you up, they'll entangle you. And Christian, this morning, if it's you, gird up the loins of your mind because if a soldiers were about to go, if any of them had any robes on, they also had to gird up and they had to be able to run <laughs> without falling, without tripping. What's tripping you up this morning? Who's tripping you up this morning? No man worth entangleth himself. See the word worth? If I can remember the, the right word of it. It's the word I think I'm pronouncing it right. Stratilio. 
I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's where we get our word strategy. Gives the idea of soldiers going out on a strategic mission. Soldiers going out on a strategic mission. And Paul's saying, no man, no soldier, good soldier, doesn't go out on a strategic mission and still have all these things to trip them up. They don't get entangled with everything else. Brothers and sisters, you and I are on a strategic mission for Christ. You and I are ones who need to gird up the loins of our mind and those things that have entangled us in life because some have stopped walking with Christ. Some have stopped serving Christ. And some haven't been a good soldier to press on in hardship. To press on in hardship. And so may we be a good soldiers for Christ this morning for the glory of his name. May God bless us this morning. We're over time.